Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. You're back for another episode. Today, we're talking all about know, like, and trust. If you listened to last week's episode, we were talking all about the biggest deal breaker in all sales, right? Like what kills all your sales? And I thought for today, we would dive in a little bit deeper into the other parts that we didn't really get a chance to talk about during the last episode. So what the heck is this know, like, and trust? And more specifically, how in the heck are we supposed to build know, like, and trust? Because if you're anything like my clients, you may be thinking, that's all well and good. I keep hearing this over and over again, but nobody's really teaching me or telling me how I go about building know, like, and trust. I'm really not quite sure what it is that I'm supposed to be doing, how I go about doing this in a way that actually makes sense. So. If that sounds like you, you're in for a treat. We are diving in deep in this conversation and trying to pack a big punch in a short amount of time to cover off what it takes to build know, like, and trust, more specifically, the know and the like piece, and we'll touch on the trust. If you want more on that episode, go back and listen to the previous episode that just dropped right before this, and we'll link that up in the show notes for you. So let's dive into this topic, shall we? Know, like, and trust. I know that it's a buzzword because oftentimes we hear both on the marketing side as well on the sales side that it's important for you to have know, like, and trust. But at the same time, if you're anything like me, I didn't really understand uh, what does that actually mean? Like, okay, how do I go about doing this? Uh, who do I do this for? What does this actually look like? Like, can you give me a roadmap? Like, give me the step-by-step 411. So I'm here to tell you five things that I believe will help you to get on the fast track to know, like, and trust with your potential clients and customers and why it's really critical to your sales success in particular. So know, like, and trust is kind of a, a bit of a double whammy, right? Because If people don't know you, if they don't like you, if they don't trust you, then the idea being that they won't buy from you. Now, I will throw a caveat into this. If you are selling e-com and you are selling via a major e-com site like Amazon, which is one of the major ones out there, then you kind of bypass the know, the like, and the trust factor because you're borrowing Amazon. You're borrowing the bigger brand. So if you have a business that is piggybacking off of another business, like an Amazon or whatever is your equivalent, depending on where you are in your space, then you, this does not apply as much. Okay. This does not apply very much at all, depending on the type of business that you're running. So before we dive in, I wanted to give you that just in case you're thinking, well, It doesn't matter if my customers know or like me or even trust me because they still buy from me regardless. If that's you, my friend, then you can walk on by this episode because it's not going to be as helpful for you 
as it will be for somebody else who is building either a personal brand, you are a coach, a consultant, a professional service provider, or a done-for-you type of service in an agency, so advertising, web design, graphic design, um, you name it, that kind of thing. That's good, okay? So number one is you have to be very specific about who you serve because you don't want to build no like and trust with just anybody. And this, you'll find out more why in number two. So when you are all things to all people, you are essentially nobody to no one. Say that again. When you are all things to everyone, you are no one, you are nothing to no one. <laughs> so, so meaning that if you try to be all things, you, you can't possibly. And in fact, you start to dilute your efforts. You start to get exhausted because you're trying to figure out where to be and how to connect and how to show up and where to, to be that know, like, and trust uh, component for your clients. And you don't know where to go. You don't know where to go because remember step one of this is that people need to know who you are. Well, imagine there is a virtual, like endless supply of places that you can go for clients. I know you might not believe me yet, but I'm here to tell you in an upcoming episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about that particular topic. But for now, just trust me when I say that your potential clients are virtually everywhere. There are, I think it's 7 billion people in the world right now. So even if you had a small slice of that pie for your niche, imagine that's still a lot of people, it's still a lot of potential places where you need to be. So the more specifically that you can identify who you serve, the easier it is for you to know where you need to be known, right? They need to know you. So what does that mean? Well, when I first started in my business, I focused on Facebook. Now, depending on which niche that you're in, you may decide on a social media platform, you may decide on a conference, you may decide on a specific um, area of the market in terms of a you know, B2B space. The, the key part here though is to decide on where you want to be known as the go-to expert because if you don't know where that is, if you don't know where your people will be hanging out that you want to serve, then you can't become known to them. That's the most important part, right? You're not wanting to become known to everybody. You're being known to that one person, the one person who matters the most. So for my ideal clients, I knew they were hanging out on Facebook. They were hanging out specifically in entrepreneurial women's Facebook groups when I first started because my ideal clients were female entrepreneurs starting, growing, scaling their businesses. So as soon as I knew that, I was able to say, where do I need to be known? I needed to be known in a few select groups, not all the groups, because I think there's almost a million groups just on Facebook alone. So <laughs> there's no shortage of places where you can get known. I decided that I would be known in the areas that my ideal clients would be most likely hanging out. That first started with knowing who I was serving and knowing who they were and knowing where they were most likely to be looking for me. Because if they didn't know who I was, then we can't move forward on the next step of this progression with the like and the trust. So number two is to get visible, to get visible. Because once people 
know who you are or they have an idea of maybe they've heard your name maybe it's like that water cooler talk where your your name is tossed around but they don't actually know you yet they haven't seen you they haven't interacted with you they haven't actually uh, been able to participate in something that you have produced whether it's a piece of content or a question or something that you have been part of now for me I am going to recommend you use video as much as possible video is my go-to because it can shortcut the relationship building path by more than half I'm going to tell you as a virtual nobody in the online space I was able to build a reputation and an authority name for myself very very quickly I built my business from scratch and my brand in particular as a personal brand so I am the face of my brand I'm, I'm not hiding behind it a major company or a corporation and I was able to do so and get my clients booked out or get me booked out with clients within a matter of weeks now imagine if this could be the case for you when I look back at the keys to my success and the reason why I was able to build relationships so quickly and become known and liked and trusted in my market in my niche in my industry it was because I was using video now I know you're probably thinking well ooh. I'm introverted or I don't want to have to put makeup on or I look uncomfortable or I don't like the way that I look on on camera I hear you I get you I felt all of those things and I still do from time to time today I do a weekly live show over on Facebook on my business page um, pretty consistently and I will sometimes have to force myself to be on video but I'm gonna tell you that if I didn't do that it would have taken a lot longer for me to build those relationships for people to actually know who I was and feel like I was right there in their living room or in their office space or on their phone with them as they were carrying me around in their pocket so if you can I'm going to recommend that you try and push yourself outside of your comfort zone and start using video as well it will shortcut your path to success it will enable people to actually see you like physically see you to be able to see what kind of person that you are to be able to hear you to be able to almost feel like they're interacting with you because that's the beauty of video now if you can't I'm going to recommend that you get visible in other ways it means that you produce high quality content now what does that look like well if it's not a video then think about things like short audio clips they could be um, short social media posts they could be longer like like blog or vlog posts it could be podcasts right I want you to think about how can you consistently create some content that will allow you to be visible where can you be whether that's in person at events or online there's events there too, right? You can be on summits, you can be on tele-summits, you can be on a live interview series, you can be on a, a pre-recorded show, you can be on um, an, more podcasts. There's a lot of different ways that you're going to be able to leverage the strengths that you have in order to be able to communicate with your audience and, and build that relationship with them. The most important thing is that you can't do this in a silo. You can't do this hidden behind a curtain. You have to be able to put stuff out that's original. That is your voice lending thoughts and 
meeting your people where they are. That's number two. Number three is to be the go-to expert. So similar to number one, you have to stake your claim. You have to narrow down your focus and you have to become known as something. You have to stand for something in your business. Ideally, it's going to be focused around a very specific niche. Now, as the saying goes, the riches are in the niches, meaning that the the narrower you go, you're going to go narrow and deep as opposed to wide and shallow. So the more focus that you can create around this, the more uh, that you are able to uh, dive in deeply to a niche of a niche of a niche. So I'll give you an example. I was speaking to a mentor of mine around uh, speaking, right? I've been, I've been a trained speaker. I've been using speaking engagements through my entire career, more noticeably in the last few years of my uh, last corporate um, career and then now in my business. And thinking about going back into it um, on a more regular basis, I have been speaking extensively. And so I thought I'm going to want to be more visible for the clients that perhaps I can help on the consulting side. What would that actually look like? And when I spoke to my mentor and she said, you know, it would be really interesting for you to go super micro niche for that particular focus and to go uh, non-traditional sales um, and even thinking about women because that's who I helped when I first started my online based business. So I have that proven track record and to go even more micro beyond just non-traditional sales for women. And because I'm a minority, I grew up Asian, why don't I focus on minority groups, women of color? So that is an example of going like super, super, super niche, right? When you are able to do that, I become the, the go-to person. I own that space. So when somebody thinks of sales in that space, they are immediately going to think of Susan McVeigh. That's kind of what you want to do in your own niche, right? So for me, I wanted to own sales. I wanted to own sales conversations and relationship-based sales and non-sleazy sales in particular, teaching women how to sell in a way that felt authentic and aligned and congruent for their personality and their sales style. And now I also help men. But when I first started out, I was really, really laser focused on women. I want you to think for yourself, who is the go-to expert area that you want to be known for? Is it a very specific area of expertise? And even more than that, is it for a very specific type of person? So thinking about your answer to number one, who do you serve, right? And how do you get visible for where they are? Same sort of idea, who do you serve and how do you become the go-to expert for those people that you serve, not just everyone? So that is number three. And I'm going to tell you that when you do that, especially if right now you are struggling to book sales calls, discovery calls, strategy calls, or consults, whatever is your phraseology for it, you will consistently get booked out just simply by becoming the go-to expert in the area of expertise that you want to own. Once you put your stake in the ground, once you claim that ground for yourself, you will find that you are way more referable. It's way easier for people to understand who you are for and who you're not for. And as a result, you will get more people coming to you. Wouldn't that be nice? 
And this is all built off the premise of building your know, like, and trust. Because if people don't know who you are and what you are and what you stand for and who you help, it's really hard for them to move forward to getting to know you, getting to like you, and then the final step of trusting you. So when you become that go-to expert in your area of expertise, it becomes really, really simple for you to be able to consistently invite and engage with people that are going to be a good fit to move into the next stage, which is to book those calls. In fact, just this, just these three things alone consistently got me booked with 50 calls a month. And that was without working full time when I first started my business. Um, you know, anything from 13 calls, nine calls, 11 calls, 15 calls, 12 calls every single week, like clockwork. And I want you to think, what would that do for your business if you were able to have that ability to not only generate those kinds of calls, but, but to actually see that on your calendar with your current conversion rates, with the current rate of which you are able to convert your potential customers into paying customers, what would that do for you? Is that a... Uh, double the number of calls? Is that triple the number of calls? Is that even quadruple the number of calls that you're currently experiencing today? What would that do to your bottom line if you were able to become more known, more liked, and more trusted with your ideal clients? Number four, give value. But here's the thing. The value needs to lead to an offer because too often what I see is that we are so afraid of being salesy and sleazy and pushy and aggressive and all of those negative words that we associate with selling that we give, 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 but it's not even linked to an offer at all. Like there is no connecting of the dots. And so your prospects, your potential customers are left hanging or worse, they're dead confused. They don't understand how this relates to that. And as my good friend Donald Miller likes to say, a confused mind does nothing or what is no he actually says i confuse you confuse you lose <laughs> you confuse you lose the other one was my saying so either way you do not want to cause confusion that is the death to you right that is not the space that you want to operate in you want to create clarity because clarity creates focus and focus creates action action creates momentum so when you have all of these things lining up in the right way, in the right order, at the right space and time for your ideal clients, you will hear more yeses. You will have more people entering your pipeline. You will have people moving and progressing through your sales process. That's when you know you have a healthy business. When you have enough leads funneling through from beginning to end in order for you to be able to meet your expectations and be able to get the results that you want, that is a win, 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 win. When you don't, things start to fall apart and crumble and your results start to dry up. So how do you ensure that this happens? Well, you need to think strategically and just like everything else that I like to do, you need to start with the end in mind. You need to really think backwards. What am I trying to offer and how do I create content or how do I show value and how do I share my expertise in a way that's connected directly to that? So as a, as a result, people are going to want to move forward and navigate the next step, which is to work with me. When I was starting out, and even still now, I help my clients navigate the world of sales, specifically sales conversations as the 
foundation and the cornerstone for how they deliver their additional sales processes. Because let's face it, if you can't have a conversation with someone, it's going to be a lot harder for you to use a sales page, whether video or not, or a webinar, whether video or not, or anything else like speaking on the stage in order to be able to convert your potential customers into actual paying clients. Everything stems from the fact that you are able to have a detailed and authentic congruent conversation with somebody that actually will turn into a conversion, meaning they will then pay you. So when you are able to do this in a way that it makes sense, then life becomes much easier. So the biggest problems that get in the way of that is not knowing what to say, objection handling, pricing, and the actual offer. Maybe the offer just isn't aligned, as well as talking to the right people. So all of the content that I talk about is directly related to how I help clients, whether it's in a consulting one-on-one capacity or in coaching, in my digital programs and services. And so you need to look at yourself is what I talk about, is it aligned? Am I giving enough value that people really understand what it would be like to work with me? Can they get a taste of what I can do for them and get a quick win? Is there a deliverable that I can provide for them through the value that I offer in the content that I create such that people that want to will need to work with me and see the value in doing that? So number five is consistency. And this is the most critical factor that directly leads to trust. Now, I do a deep dive on trust in the previous episode. So if you've skipped ahead or you've somehow found this one um, just randomly, I'm going to invite you to go and listen to the previous episode where I dive in a little bit deeper about trust. This is going to be a shorter version on just this one point because I think it's still important, but I also want you to understand that all of these things together, all five factors that I've mentioned here combined are what creates that no like, and trust. This one, consistency, is the most important for trust. Now, Don't let me saying consistent scare you into thinking that you have to do it all the time. Because I know that if you're anything like my clients, that's the first thing that you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to do this all the time. I have to do it every day, all day long. No, you don't. Again, this comes down to who you serve. What is consistent for them? What is the expectation that you're communicating? Is it once a month? Is it once a week? Is it twice a week? Is it once a day? Whatever is the commitment that you're making based on your ideal clients, that is the definition of your consistency. So it really depends on you and it depends on your ideal customers. There will be a perfect intersection between the two of you that will allow you to see what consistent, what is a consistent routine that's going to work best. So I am not here to tell you that you have to create content once a week or even once a day. I'm going to tell you that the more frequent you are, the more known and liked you will be because otherwise people will forget about you. (laughs) This is the nature of the game. But at the same time, how frequently depends on your niche depends on your audience, depends on the platform that you're using, it depends on you. If you can't do something that is unsustainable, then you're not gonna be able to do it 
in the long term. This is not about playing the short game. This is about playing the long game. This is about marathon, not just a sprint. And while it's important in your business that you also have sprints, because let's face it, like a marathon is really made up of a whole bunch of sprints just strung together at a different pace. At the end of the day, you want to make sure that you have a balance of both. You have to be able to do things over the long term of your business or you're not going to be around for very long. And so at the end, if you say the thought of doing something every single day right now, no matter how big or small, just feels like torture, then don't. This is your permission slip, friend, to find your own groove, to figure out what consistency means for you and what would feel light and easy and allow you to still be top of mind for your ideal customers. Remember, this is all in service of you serving those who are counting on you. And if you can't do it in a way that feels good for you, then you're not going to do it even if it's just once a month. So you need to decide. You need to figure out what works best for you. And then you need to stick with it. You need to make a promise to yourself. I am a huge, huge fan of public accountability. It's the reason why I declare things to my audience all the time. If I want to say I'm going to make a change, I do it in public. If I uh, want to be able to hold myself accountable to doing something that I know is going to be challenging, I do it in public. And so I'm going to invite you that if you have decided on some things that need to change right now in order for you to be more visible, in order for you to start building more know, like, and trust with your audience and create that relationship with them, then your biggest challenge for today is to pick one thing one thing that you're going to do that will allow you to be visible for your ideal clients and the consistency that you are going to do it with. So declare it out loud to your social media platform, to your email list, to an accountability partner, to your biz bestie, to your spouse, to your best friend, someone who is going to keep you on the hook and say, hey, remember that thing? Are you doing it? Because I know for me, every time I've done this, it makes me show up differently. It makes sure that I actually do it. And I would hate for you to make a commitment for yourself and then fall short simply because you got scared or you had too much on your plate or you forgot. And so if you need a little bit of help, allow me to be your buddy in case you don't have anybody that you can count on. Let me be that person for you. If you tag me on social media, across the board, I am at Susan McVeigh, S-U-S-A-N-M-C-V-E-A. I know it's a little tricky. It doesn't spell how it sounds. But if you tag me and let me know what it is that you are committing to for your consistent activity, I will give you a shout out. And I will make sure that I do whatever I can to help hold you accountable to delivering through on your promise. Because I know, I know how hard it can be. So those are the five things that are going to help you around your know, like, and trust. And without it, we really don't build relationships with the people that matter the most in our businesses. And it's really important that you understand that these five things are things that you can deliver today, that you can implement today. They don't need to be complicated. They don't need to be huge. They can be small but mighty. And you have the power within you to do it today. The only thing that you have to decide on is to decide.
So I hope this was helpful for you. If you are looking for some help and assistance in this area, I'm gonna invite you to hop on over to the waitlist for Sales Mastery Society. I'm not sure at the time of this recording, when you're listening, if our doors will be open or closed, but suffice it to say that if you join our waitlist, you will always be in the know for the first time uh, we are opening the doors so that you get early access as one of my VIP members. So head on over to salesmasterysociety.com and you will be able to stank yourself a seat on that coveted wait list so that you know as soon as we open the doors and I'm able to help you a little bit more in your business. Thanks so much and we will talk to you on the other side. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.